Good morning. Happy Sabbath. I stand here not a saint. I stand here before you this morning as sick, but I'm in the hospital. I'm a patient this morning in the hospital of the Lord. Because Dr. Jesus has entrusted me with a message for his people today. Just as he has entrusted me, he can entrust it also in each and every one of us. There isn't any of us who are exempt from being used by our Lord, our God, our Father. Let us pray, please. Heavenly Father, Lord God, not me, but you, dear Lord, be exalted in here today. Father, this message today, dear God, is for each and every one of us. Because every last one of us fall in this category this morning. Father, I'm asking you to stand before me. Use me, dear God, as this vessel to proclaim your word for us this morning. Father, your coming is near. And a lot of us are lost. A lot of us are sleeping. Wake us up, almighty God. Please, O oh Father, in Jesus' blessed name I pray. Amen. Please turn your Bibles with me this morning to... Luke chapter 15. The sermon in this morning is entitled The Return. The Return. We have all been somewhere. And like myself, wherever I go, I always want to go back home. The return. Wherever we go, we want to go back to home. Here in Luke chapter 15, we have three, I think, of the most recite of the parables that Jesus has spoken. What are parables? Parables are short stories that Jesus preached or spoke to his, his disciples or his people. These short stories tells us of the love of God and his kingdom. In each of these stories, all of us have something in common. 
we have all been lost at some point or another. You know, even with a GPS guiding us sometimes, we can get lost. Even with a GPS guiding us sometimes, we end up going the long, unnecessary route. I have to use a GPS almost every day in my job. But I have come to realize something that whenever I type in that address, I always go to the map and try to find, try to have at least know where I'm going. Trying to route a closer route in getting to my destination. Because a lot of times if I allow the GPS to take me, it takes me further than where I'm supposed to go. I have to go on the toll roads and all of that. But I have noticed that when I map up my route, I get to my destination quicker and also safer. Jesus Christ is our compass and our GPS. But we have to use him. He's available. He's there. But if we do not ask of him, if we do not entrust ourselves to him, then we will run in problems. You see, here Jesus was with the tax collectors and the sinners. It's funny that when we become Christians, we don't hang out with sinners no more. We have become so righteous that nothing and nobody else matters. But here, Jesus was hanging out with tax collectors, and we know the tax collectors were not nice people. Here, Jesus was hanging out with the, with the sinners, you and I. But the Pharisees and the scribes, they complained. So Jesus had to address the situation. Jesus always start the allegories, short stories, parables, with a question. So in verse 3, he say, So he spoke the parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine and go in pursuit of that one sheep? See, the sheep was already in the safe haven. But the sheep strayed. The sheep was in the flock. But when the shepherd went to count off his herd, he realized that one was missing. The shepherd did not see when the sheep left. So he didn't know where the sheep was. But still, 
he was encouraged to go look for the sheep. You see, a lot of us are lost. Even being the most faithful Christians, a lot of us are lost. But to God be the glory, we have a shepherd who is coming after us. You see, the shepherd did not want his sheep to be destroyed. If that sheep run into a wolf pack, he would become lamb chops. If someone come in contact with that sheep, they may take that sheep home. That sheep had an economical value. That sheep was important to someone. So he went not knowing where that sheep was, but he went in search of him. And when he found that sheep, he didn't complain. He didn't ask any question. You see, it has been said that sheep are the dumbest of all animals. A herd of sheep will be grazing together. And they see one of their colleagues jump over a cliff and the rest just follow. So we see why the sheep always have to have the shepherd. When the shepherd found its beloved sheep, he put him around the neck. He didn't put a rope around him, rope him up and take him. No, with love and affection, he put him around his neck. And he celebrated. Because heaven rejoiced when a sinner returned to his father. Then, the second parable was the woman who had lost her coin. The silver coin was very precious to the woman. So when she counted her silver coin, she realized that she only had nine when it was supposed to have been ten. She didn't just sit back and say, oh well, I still have nine, I'm okay. She left the nine and she went in search of the one. You see, the coin was still in the house, but the coin was lost. The coin will never know its value because it doesn't have any life. But the one who values the coin went in pursuit. You see, for her to find that coin, she had to do something. She had to clean her house. Her house needed cleaning. But she could not realize that her house needed cleaning because everything was okay. She had what she wanted. She had to start mopping. She had to start rearranging. She had to start sweeping her floor. She had to go and she had to get the lamp so she could get light. Her house 
was dark. But she didn't realize that there was spiritual darkness in her house until she lost something valuable. Do we need to get our homes, our houses clean? Are there things in our houses that are stopping us from dedicating ourselves fully to the Lord? You see, she had to put oil in the lamp so she could get the light. She had to incorporate the Holy Spirit in her life now so she can see outside of the spiritual darkness that she was in. She found her lost coin, her precious coin, and she celebrated. She went and she called her friends. Again, when one lost child of the Lord returned, there is a celebration in heaven. This story doesn't stop there. It gets even more interesting. Here comes the prodigal son. And please, you know, you can read this later when you go home. Plus, this uh, everybody knows the story of the prodigal son. So, this young man, and, you know, I use my imagination a little bit because... If I was this young man to approach my dad, not his dad, but to approach my dad, I would have to plan this for months, probably for years, to approach my father for something that's not mine. You see, this young man came to a conclusion. He didn't want to be in the home anymore. He didn't want to be with his father anymore. He didn't want to be with his brother anymore. He didn't want to be in that commandment keeping environment anymore. He wanted to go out into the world. I'm young. I want to see the world. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to live my life being locked up here. I want to go enjoy myself. So he approaches dad and he, he made his mind up and he approaches dad. He said, Father, give to me my portion of the inheritance. This young man was not entitled to anything. You see, in the Jewish economy, for this young man to have gotten what he wanted, first his dad would have to die. His bigger brother would have to die for him to inherit what he was asking for. But because of his selfishness, because he didn't want to obey his father anymore, he disrespected his father, he went and he asked for what was not his. Give me my portion of the inheritance. 
He didn't want to be governed anymore by his father. He wanted to do things his way. Unlike my father, his dad gave him what he wanted. I remember one time my little brother got in some trouble. My little brother went to a tank, say he was fishing. A couple weeks before, a little boy, my brother was probably about eight years old, a little boy probably younger than him drowned in that same tank saying he was fishing. Somebody saw my little brother at the tank and told my dad. Now my brother knew that he was in trouble, so my brother said he was going to run away. So I told my dad that Miguel said he's going to run away. See, I wouldn't mind if Miguel had run away because Miguel and I had to share a room and I was older than him and he was always in my business. So I told my father. My father gave me a message to give to Miguel. He said, you can go, but you can't take nothing that belongs to me. Miguel had nothing because everything that Miguel had was given to him by his dad. I asked Miguel, where are you going to get food? Where are you going to sleep? I mean, I want Miguel to go, but I'm still giving him a choice. It didn't take much for Miguel to change his mind. Miguel rather faced the consequences now than to run away. But this young man, he took it and he went out. See, he went far, far, far. He went to a distant land. He didn't want to be close by where he could have been reprimanded by anybody who would see him in his worldly living and say, aren't you so-and-so, son? No, this is not what is expected of you. So he went far, far. But this young man was not just moving far, far from home. This young man was moving far, far from God. He thought he had it under control. He thought he knew everything. You know, sometimes when people love us and reprimand us, we think the worst of them. I remember growing up and I was in my, 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 in the hood. And I was in the hood with my friends, young men who were a little bit rougher than I was. And this lady, she walked up to the crowd of us. Her son was also there, but she told me, go home, you're not supposed to be here. And I was angry. I was mad, but I couldn't say anything. Because if I was being rude and that got home before I did, I would have to pull a Miguel. But I disliked this lady because she called me out. Keep in mind, her son was also in the crowd. But I was the only one she told to go home because this is not my crowd. You see, that mom was in pain. That mom had lost her good son. Her good son made one mistake. He went into a car a Friday night with the son that I was there with. His brother-in-law and some other from the neighborhood gang. 
This young man had just come back from working in Montego Bay. He didn't stay around in the neighborhood. He was trying to make a difference because the home that he was from was terrible. And that one night, that Friday night, he came in the Friday night. I saw him the Friday night. He bought me a soda pop the Friday night because he's got money. But later on that night, he went into the car. He went into the car the night, and whatever happened, the report was made that he was the one with the gun. The Saturday morning, he was being arrested. And the Wednesday, he was on his way to prison. I had never seen a case. Remember now, Saturday and Sunday doesn't count in it. But between Monday and Wednesday, he was on his way to prison. He got 20 years because somebody pointed him out. He was the one with the gun. The gun was never found. The last time I saw him, he was in a coffin. Because he died in prison. Years after, I grow to respect that lady. At the time, I was so naive, I couldn't see what she, was, what she was pointing me out. Get out of this crowd. This is not for you. Parents, whenever your children have been reprimanded by others who have their best intention at heart, be careful how you deal with it. A lot of parents are without their children today because when so-and-so reprimanded their children, the parents took it up and said, because you don't like me picking it. Oh, that's Jamaican for children. When there was nothing to like anyway. This young man went away and he got caught up in the rural life. This young man took the possession of his dad, his parents, And he brought it into worldly living. A lot of parents today are guilty of the same thing. A lot of parents today, they know their children don't deserve certain things. But because it seems as if the parents had forgotten when they never had a pair of shoes and they had to walk to school barefooted, but now they're in America. And, and I'm talking to the immigrants today. I'm going to take a minute or two for the immigrants today. When you had to walk to the standpipe in the morning to get the water to bathe before you go to school. But today, you spoil those children thinking that you are doing them good when you're actually destroying your family. This young man went out and because, unlike the sheep that had gone astray, and the shepherd went in search of him, unlike that coin that was lost, and the woman went in search of it, the father did not go in search of this boy. The father did not go in search of him. So while he was out there living his rogue life, his partying and his women, just like Revelation chapter 18 verse 3 tells us, man, he was drunken. 
He was out there. He was strung out on the early life. Whatever drugs was around that time, he was on it. Alcohol. Pornography. Because no woman likes any other man than a free-handed man. And when the stranger come around flossing money, he's going to have girls. He's going to have the good life. So he wandered away from God. And the more he was wandering away from God, it was the more he was losing his identity. He was losing his soul, but he was so far gone that he didn't realize what was happening to him. Nothing lasts forever. If you keep taking out and nothing is going back in the account, one day you're going to go broke. In Jamaica, we say money in pocket is not money at all. Because if your money can't hold in your pocket, then you're broke. What he had in his pocket was temporary. What he had in his pocket would not serve for long. Which if he had stayed home, he wouldn't even need money. Yet he would have all the money in the world. This young man got caught up. Like a lot of our young men today are caught up. Our young ladies today are caught up. Just Tuesday, the Daily Mirror put out an article. Marijuana and the young generation. Young boys at the age of 10, 10, already hooked on marijuana. They say between ages 10 and 26, marijuana is raising havoc among the young people. Marijuana, my friends, is a gateway drug. Marijuana is that drug that's going to take you to the next level. If your children are on marijuana, please, please. Help them. They cannot get up tomorrow morning and say, I'm not going to smoke this again. No. Marijuana will destroy your children. The minute they start smoking it, attitude changes. The minute they start smoking it, the parents can't talk to them again. The minute they start smoking it, you have to start taking precaution in your own home. It leads to aggression. The, the, the doctor who wrote the, the article, he said, young men smoking marijuana today are more vicious than ever. If you check it out, which drug have been legalized in recent time? Marijuana. And every, everybody now have a little where they can create their own synthetic marijuana. See, young friends in my hearing, not to smoke marijuana. Don't take nothing in your body that's going to destroy your body.
minute they start smoking marijuana, it's accompanied by alcohol. You see, I used to be a marijuana smoker. I used to smoke it. Alcohol, marijuana, and music. Three, the hard way. When you start smoking marijuana, you don't listen to Amazing Grace no more. You don't listen to Jesus love me no more. You become a different person. I was in the dance one Saturday night. The music was pumping. And I had my guineas. And I had my marijuana. Spliff after spliff. When one is done, another one is on. When one is done, another one is on. And I've been doing this for years. But something happened this night. Something that if God didn't intervene right away, I would not be standing here. You see, after I had, and this is what I've been doing for years. I never smoked one spliff and that's it. One lead to as long as the party is going on, I'm smoking. If you didn't know me, you would think I'm Asian because sometimes my eyes get beady. You couldn't see my eyes. And I was just mellow. I was just mellow. Something happened this Saturday night because while the beat was beating in my ears and the party was lit and I was having a good time, the demons came. Marijuana and the demons go together. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Satan doesn't work in haste. I can guarantee you that. Satan don't work in haste. Satan is after God. There is none after God more patient than the devil. He waits and he waits. He's like the lion. Approaching, watching, watching. Sometimes he will even turn back. Oh, that praying word. It. But he's going to come back again. I was looking at the stage, and the stage was in front of me like this. And then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose in my head. And the stage was now over here. There were voices in my head. Voices. There was a multitude. There was a legion of voices in my head. And the voices were screaming at me. Screaming, screaming. The voices say, scream out. And let your cousins and your friends take you to the hospital. Scream out. Scream out. Scream out. But God intervened right away. I like that song that say, I come to the garden alone. While the dew was still on the roses. One of my favorite lines in that song is, the birds hush their singing when Jesus starts to speak. Because in the, in the, right there in the multitude of noise, that little voice intervened. And all the other rushing voices, hush. And the voice said, son. 
That whispering voice says, son, if you scream, you're going to go mad. You're going to go crazy. You'll never be the same again. The voice say, stoop down. And when God is working, God is working. I was in a crowd. My, I was with my crew. We were in a big reggae festival. There were people all around. And God created a way. A fight broke out. And my cousins and everybody run. Because God was creating the space for me to stoop down. And I stoop. I had, I had a, a, a chain around my neck. Thousands and thousands of U.S. dollars. And when I stoop, I stoop so low, so low down with my head between my knees that everything was on the ground. How long did I stoop for? I don't know. But when I got up, I came back in my right mind. I came back in my right mind. My friends, this lifestyle that our young people our young people are taking up today. Please, please, abandon it. Abandon it. You see, a lot of our young people are not in church today. It's not something that they had planned. A lot of them are not in church today because of some of us. Some of us Rub our, wrong, our young people the wrong way. Once they are coming to church, let them come. Don't worry about their attire. Don't worry about how they look. I never used to dress like this. When I start wearing my, my right size, people say I lost weight. I've never lost a pound in my life. You didn't want to see the, 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 my pants before now. Because it was, it was grr tight. Because the rest of it have to be baggy. The music today contributes to the lifestyle of our young people. The drugs and the alcohol. My friends, I did it. I did it all. I'm telling you from experience. If it doesn't, listen. His name being called up in prayers all the time. Honor no more. Because he had reached the epiphany. He's now on methamphetamine. Because that's what marijuana does. It's a gateway drug. It takes you to the next thing. After a while, it, it, it can't give you that vibes no more. It can't give you that high no more. This, he had run away from the good life. Thinking that it was not the good life. COVID came. Famine. COVID, famine, it doesn't matter. Came. And he was now broke. He was now broke. He was now hungry. 
He was no raggedy. He was not he didn't have the appearance he had when he was. He didn't have nice apparels, no cares. Spiritually and physically, he was dead now. He was dead now. The party life and alcohol, everything. He So what did he do? He started feeding pigs. Young man was too. The Levitic said, say you don't mess with nothing the car for pig or for swine. You see, the pig represents spiritualism. The pig represents false doctrine. Not just feeding hog now. He was speaking false words. He had lost everything. He had lost his identity. He was now just like the other people. And he was rejected. Children of God, the world will never accept you. The world will never take you in. But the world will destroy you when you give yourself to the world. But, beautiful thing about God's word. You see, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. But my daddy made sure we had Christian clothes. My daddy made sure we had Christian shoes. Because my daddy wanted us to go to Christian church. And he didn't care which day of the week. We could go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It don't matter. But we had to go to church. When things go wrong, my daddy come to me. And one time he approached me and he said, how come? Because we had to write letters. Okay, my daddy lived here in the States. We live in Jamaica. And whatever we want, we could call him to talk to him on the phone, but we couldn't call him to tell him what we wanted. We had to write that letter. And I was the one who did the begging. Because I was the one with the good penmanship. If I miss a punctuation mark, everything would be canceled. Because you know what he did? He pulled us out of public school. And he started paying big money now to send us to Adventist school. That was, to my dad, that was everything. To me, that was the worst thing he could have ever done to me. I wanted to go to public school because my soccer skill was sharp. I wanted to go to public school so I could play soccer. I even tried on my own to go take one of those little tests that I could get into one of those high school. Because I didn't want to go to the school that you choose to send me. But years after dabbling in the world, dabbling in the world, dabbling, I became like a recycle bin. You see, when the word of God is in you, when you leave it, he don't leave you. 
And when I least expected it, it came back. Just like when this young man least expected, while he was there in all kind of foolish living, the word came back. And he started looking back into himself now. And he said, servants at my father's home. Servants. He didn't say my father nor my brother is living. He said the servants at my father's home have better. You see, the servants at his father's home did not just have physical food. They had spiritual food also. Those servants at his father's house were not in any haste to go anywhere. So right then, he accepted. He accepted that he had done wrong. He accepted that it's time for me to go home. He made it home before probation closed. Because if he had stayed out there and didn't go back home, he would have died out there and he would have died in his sin. In 168, when Epiphany attacked Jerusalem, and when he wanted to show the Jew how powerful he was, he put a hog on the altar to pay homage to Zeus, his Greek god. So I want you to see that everything that he was doing out there was anti-God. But the Holy Spirit convicted his heart the day. Because it wasn't him by himself. Because he had lost everything. But the Holy Spirit will go the extra mile for every last one of us. And he returned. He returned. You see, for months and for years, for years, for years, his father was looking out. Didn't go in search of him, but he was looking out. And I can imagine for years, for years, for years, his father would see a head coming over the horizon from a distance. But his father knew that wasn't him. His father knew that that wasn't him for years after years after years. But one day, one day, after years of looking out, he didn't get weary, he didn't get tired, and he didn't give up. In one fateful day, he saw something rocking in the wind. He saw something deplorable from afar. He saw a malnourished figure. He saw a figure raggedy and broken down. And right away, he knew the boy is coming home. He didn't wait anymore for the boy to come home. He ran to meet the boy now. Because the boy had to come home by himself. He had to come home by himself. He was dirty, he was stink, he was nasty, his clothes were raggedy. But his father met him and hugged him. His father didn't see the sin. That his son has become. But his father seen 
the return. His father know he can help his son back to be masculine again, to be physical again, and to be spiritual again. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on your children. I know some of them are hard to deal with, but do not give up on your children. Wait for them while you pray for them. Whatever you can do for them, do it for them. But remember also, tough love must be involved. Tough love must be involved, parents. You have to make tough decisions in tough times. In closing, homes are being destroyed because one parent takes side with the children. Mothers are taking side. Mothers are taking side against father because father is still a man in the house. And the man put his foot down. So the children run to the mom. There are a lot of homes today that are inhabited by parents and children, but it's lonely homes. The homes are divided. The homes are split. Parents do not. Do not take side against each other for your children. It's not just a matter of time when they destroy you and the marriage is already destroyed and everybody is destroyed. When my son was just a little, little boy, when he didn't get from me, he would run to his mom. When he didn't get from his mom, he would run to me. And we sat him down and I let him know, your mom and I, we play for the same team. We play for the same team. When one say no, we both say no. He never tried that again. He's 10 now. Let's love our children. But now do not let your children manipulate you. Tough love must be apart. The father closed his son. Gave him the signet ring. That means you are now the head of everything. The father robed him in a new robe. Put a slanders on his foot. My son was dead, has returned. As long as you don't put your kids in the grave, there's still a chance. Use this opportunity right now. Probation will be closing. The first thing our new president did, he signed the Paris Climate Deal. And if we know what that is, then we know what's coming in the very near future. Please, brothers and sisters, let's not be afraid of what's going on, because love conquers all fear, and that's the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you very much. Father, Lord, oh God, as we close, let us never be close with you. Use us, almighty God. Father, save our children, dear God. Save your children, almighty God. 
Father, help us parents, almighty Father, because things have changed. Help us, almighty God, to go the extra mile for our children as you have been doing for us over the years. Father, keep us under your protective care, please. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, and our Savior, I pray. Amen.